Hello, and welcome to the Commune Podcast. Today, we're not talking about Metal Black. We're instead <laughs> going to be talking about Super Mario Land 2 for the Game Boy. Today, we have several people joining us. And if we'll just go around the table and uh, see what we've all been playing, because that's very interesting, and it tells us a lot about each other. <laughs> so, uh, Golem, what have you been playing? I have been playing... Wait, what have I been... Oh, man, I totally wasn't prepared for this. Um... <laughs> normally, normally we ask how you're doing, but, see, I don't really care because your game tells me how you're doing. Oh, that's right. Well, <laughs> uh, I've been playing two games. I picked up Gradius 2 on the Game Boy. It's called Gradius Interstellar Assault, and it is the third Gradius 2. Um... Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, Interstellar Assault is kind of a neat little gradius game on game boy you have a lot of um it almost has like a a gradius three level of customization to it where you can pick missiles and doubles and lasers one by one before you go into the game mm-hmm. and the slow speed of the game boy i find works in gradius's favor <laughs> i i find it's a much more tolerable game <laughs> oh boy uh just because the difficulty gets knocked down so far but uh and then it runs the risk of almost being trivial. And uh, it's also got unique music, which is really cool. Good, that, that good new Gradius cool. music. And uh, after that, I picked up Gradius on Virtual Console on 3DS. And uh, I save scum my way through. I put a save state at the beginning of each level. And uh, I saw <laughs> the end of the game that way. And, that's, uh, you know, that's not a bad way to go. I looked up that my reliance on the force field has been killing me so far because um, force field increases the rank the most out of any of the abilities you have. So this is this is a, 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 a spin-off you said on the Game Boy, or...? Oh, yeah, the Game Boy... So there it's... are two Gradius games on Game Boy. The first one is just a port, and the second one is like a brand-new Gradius game. Oh, okay. I see. Boy, they just—they really like messing up with Gradius too, don't they? <laughs> Got Gradius two, Gradius two, go for no Yavo episode two. It's just—it's a whole. <laughs> uh, you got to clear some confusion. But how good is Gradius two Electric Boogaloo? Uh, you know the breakdancing with multiples is pretty good. I mean, it—it it was a genre shift for Gradius, but I thought it worked in its favor. <laughs> All right. Uh, yourself, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy uh, for NES. I uh, started that uh, on the Virtual Console this week. Oh, interesting. You know, in Japan, that was originally called Final Fantasy One, and when they brought it over here, it was called Final Fantasy One. <laughs> <laughs> That's a... Uh, actually, a pet peeve of mine when people call the first game in the series one. Like, oh, no. <laughs> like you can just add a number to it like that. I think Microsoft has that same pet peeve. I, uh, I don't know Microsoft that. Microsoft Windows 1? <laughs> <laughs> Halo Combat Evolved 1? <laughs> Thank you, Oak. <laughs> so Final Fantasy 1, so to speak, <laughs> is... Uh, that's probably like my second favorite in the series so far, and I've played all of them except for the PlayStation ones and four. So you played five then, huh? 
uh, about, what, 10 hours of it? Is that what we played, Golem? We got through the, like, beginning of the game, which is picking up the four crystals. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I know we played for, like, three or four sessions, and they were long sessions. Yeah. I've played it enough to know what it is. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, five is a personal favorite of mine. Yeah, five's mine. I would go back and play more of five. It's just an inconvenient one to play because I have to get like a Game Boy Advance or something. So with Final Fantasy, I mean the the job class thing. You're you're sort of locked in, unlike other Final Fantasies with the job class, where you can just decide to change jobs. You're you're just kind of stuck with what you got at the beginning, don't you? Do you feel like it's a it's a big endeavor to uh <laughs> well not yeah. endeavor but well i've already yeah it's a commitment uh and i've already restarted the game once to reorganize my party yeah i can certainly see the appeal and appreciate the uh class change in the later games but the nice thing about final fantasy one system is that it gives you a reason to play the game again since it's not that long yeah that's true yeah, I would rather have the class change, but either way, it's better than the dumb ones where your characters don't even have classes. I mean, who the hell came up with that? Oh, God. Idiot. <laughs> Stupid person. Uh, well, I don't, I don't think... No, but probably not. <laughs> so, uh, do, you, do you ever do any runs of that game where you don't do the, the upgrade? Uh, I have never it before this is my first time playing oh this is your first time okay so so uh good luck to you then (laughs) since you're not playing on a modern console definitely good luck to you yeah that's why i had to restart because i learned about all the bugs i was about to say not on a modern console he's playing on wii and then i realized what you meant oh yeah that's what i meant I haven't heard good things about the remakes either, so I don't feel like I'm making a particularly rotten decision. All right. Wayfwat, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, 20XX. It's a Steam game, and it's it's basically Mega Man X except a roguelike. What, what did you say it was called? 20XX, like 2000XDX. Or... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, is the strong bad game? No. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it. I think the devs have straight up said that they they're basing it off of Mega Man X. It's got all the same mechanics, small jumps, dashes, and stuff. Yeah, that is a very familiar looking costume. Yeah, I was gonna say. I hope the devs have said that because I don't think anyone could possibly miss it. Yeah. You you said this was a roguelike. Yeah, it's the levels are randomly generated. Not like a hundred percent random. There'll be different sections that once you've played it a few times you'll definitely recognize them and the order you go through the levels in is randomized the first one you go in is completely random not completely random well no it is there's just some that you can't get first i think and after you clear one you've got three choices on which one to go to next it goes by boss there's i believe four different level styles i guess with two bosses on each oh that's pretty interesting yeah, so it, would would you say it's uh, like kind of like a spelunky then? Kind of, in that it's leveled at a time. It's you know a roguelike ish. Oh, yeah, okay. gameplay wise, obviously it's not. Uh, it's okay. Gameplay wise, it's pretty much Mega Man X. Just <laughs> go right, 
shoot and or slash things, beat the boss, get the item. Yeah, nice. pretty much. How's the music? It's pretty good. I don't pay attention to it a lot. I'll have my headphones on. Not my, not my computer headphones, but playing music while I play sometimes just because it's good, but it's nothing really noteworthy, I think. Okay. Like, yeah. This was a lot of fun. It is early access right now. It's getting updates pretty often. I think there's another one coming in a few days. Hmm. It's even got a timer countdown, counting down on the title screen until the next update. <laughs> oh, that, that's pretty interesting. Keeps things, uh, lets you know when, when you're going to get the next big one. That's, that's very cool. Oh, what have you been playing? Well, I've been playing a lot of Mario Maker, for one thing. I'm still <laughs> using a lot of that. And, uh, yeah, you're still uh, knee-deep in uh, all those uh, level creations, aren't you? Yeah, I've just finished the project of re- recreating all the Mega Man 9 in Mario Maker. It's kind of fun. And uh, I'm almost at my uh, fourth medal, so that'd be cool. <laughs> and other than that, I just started Undertale this morning, oh. which is pretty interesting so far. I heard it's pretty scary. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I haven't got any. If anything, it's kind of heartwarming. It's, so it's so far, it's pretty funny. But like I said, I'm still on like the first dungeon. I literally just started it this morning. But it's pretty interesting so far. I mean, uh, the music is really good, as expected from Toby Fox, and the music it has a lot. Very reminds me a lot of the uh, classic JRPGs, and you can tell just from the start in the writing that it feels very similar to like you know Homestuck and like the Mother series in a bit. So I'm excited to uh, play the rest to play later to play more of it. Shouty, didn't you describe Undertale on the second um, Realms of the Haunting podcast? Yeah. Describe it as what? I I don't know. (laughs) I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I've been... That is the time I've been playing it and said I have been playing it. Yeah, so you guys have that in common. You've both now described Undertale. (laughs) In a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fine. Undertale's fantastic. I've I've played through it myself. Oh, it's the best video game ever. Pretty scary, it's, right, Warrior fan? <laughs> yeah, it's basically Five Nights at Undertale. It's just you know, it jump scares nothing but. If it was Five Nights at Undertale, then it would be the worst game ever. <laughs> oh God. Uh the NDC. Oh, oh, do you play? Like, do you try to talk to people or do you just try to kill them? I'm just going. I'm going. Uh, I've just. I've been doing all nothing but talking to people and trying to do the mercy thing. Okay, that's yeah, that's all, all sparing. That's a good way to go about it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Shouty, what have you been playing? I've been playing a few games. I've been playing Yoshi's Woolly World, <sighs> Triforce Heroes, and Chibi Robo Ziplash. Like a Nintendo soup of great things. Mm, yeah. And Chibi Robo Whiplash. Chibi Robo Whiplash is the best one. Oh, no. I would play yeah. it called Nintendo Soup. Ooh. <laughs> That's like a Mario Maker, but for multiple Nintendo games. Put Zelda in your Mario level. It's pretty much a make-your-own-NES remix. Yeah, there you go. So, you're saying out of those three, you uh, prefer Ziplash? Yeah. I think it's great that we have another Chibi Robo game that's full price and on a console. <laughs> and not it, a, a new shop game. 
I'm not sure. Was that like an advertisement from a Nintendo stockholder or? <laughs> that's, that's my job, pal. Was that your opinion? <laughs> do Nintendo stockholders do advertisements? Is that their job now? <laughs> well, if you're at an investment meeting, perhaps. Come invest in <laughs> Chibi Robo. Why is Chibi Robo your favorite? I feel like it fills the void of having a non-Mario, non-Yoshi, non-Kirby platformer. A non-standard mascot platformer. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, my only complaint about Chibi Robo is how bland the environments look. Because I'd like to imagine me walking on large objects as a small robot. (laughs) <laughs> Instead of just having them in the, be in the background, but oh. I think uh, just the blandness of the objects actually helps the players gauge how they're using the ziplash. And and the big the big complaint I always see with ziplash is that level roulette, but uh, level, the destination wheel. Well, yeah, I mean, you get you get so many coins in that game that you can pay to for the wheel to take you wherever you want. Oh, so, so it gives some just... use out of the coins, and even then, the the destination wheel is pretty lenient about where you stop. Like if you, like there's no randomness to it or any oddities. It's just press the button when you see the arrow pointing at the number, and it'll stop where you where you press the the button on the number. So you can just bribe your way to the next level. Yeah, or get good at timing. So that's that's pretty interesting. So it's it's. Sounds like it's really not as bad as it's made out to be. Still not totally sold it's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, it's not a good idea, but it's also not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. It's a good. Uh, it's a bad idea mitigated by good ideas. <laughs> yeah, it's like if they had to make a game that had a roulette wheel in it, they did a really good job of it. And it's only that first <laughs> assumption that you have to question. So yeah, go play Chibrobo Ziplash and get it with the Amiibo. It's, it's, it's a basically a full-priced 3DS game with the Amiibo, so you may as well just get it. What if I don't want an Amiibo? Then I don't know what to tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the Amiibo wow. really completes the game. There's, is there exclusive content? Yes, there is. There's levels that uh. you get with the Amiibo. Okay. You need to level it up. It's like a pet Chibi Robo. Just sort of like how he is in general. He's a pet? Isn't he? I mean, you order him and he uh, cleans up your house. It's, it's, yeah, but it's like saying a Roomba is a pet. Isn't like, he? Yeah, wait. Well, he's like a robot. He's like a mini robot made then, or? <laughs> yeah, but there are different Chibi Robos for different functions. Like the one in Ziplash is for space cleaning. He's Vector Man. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, Wario fan, what have you been playing? Oh, well, I've been playing Corpse Party for the PSP. <laughs> Excuse me? You sick fuck. Quark's Party? Corpse Party? Quark's Party. Yes, nine. I was thinking it was a spin off Ratchet and Clank game. <laughs> Oh yeah, a party game with Ratchet and Clank characters. <laughs> so how are you uh, partying with the corpses? Well, unfortunately, it is not at all like Mario Party, which is a big disappointment. Uh, <laughs> you don't pick a corpse and roll around on a board. It's just uh, 
I'm afraid it's not like that. It's it's more of a, a sort of a visual novel type, but with like your typical Super Nintendo RPG overworld, in a sense. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like it's got that as an art style, but like there's no battles or anything. It's just that's the way it looks when you're trying to get from, you know, it's like an adventure game. Yeah, it's it's an adventure game with a lot of scary death scenes. So is it like um does it have like multiple endings and multiple paths and like bad ends and in, in the kind of the ending or it's more linear than that? It, it actually is a little more linear than that, oddly enough. Actually, every chapter is its own save file. So there isn't anything you can do in Chapter 1 that'll affect what you do in Chapter 3 or so on. What it actually is, you can actually get bad endings with in each chapter. So eventually you're going to get a good ending that gets you to the next chapter regardless, but you can always mess up somewhere and get a bad ending exclusive to that chapter. Hmm. Hmm. So it's like an episodic-style game. Like Live Alive. Yeah. Or Kirby Superstar. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not like Kirby Superstar because that's why not. <laughs> <laughs> why I'm sorry, we? we can't make everything like Kirby Superstar. <laughs> huh. I've basically beaten it. I'm just trying to go for all the endings. So it, 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 it organizes like things in each chapter. You don't have to like do long playthroughs of each time to get a different ending at the end. Yeah, basically, if you want so and so ending, you just pick the chapter where that is and. You get it. Yeah, seems interesting. It is, yeah. Sounds easier. There's also a bit of a collection aspect, but it's, uh, well, what you're doing is you're collecting name tags of dead children. So, anyway. (laughs) Sounds like a party. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I use for Easter egg hunts. Oh, God. Today, our big focus is on Super Mario Land 2 for the Game Boy, which was the introduction of some new Mario character, but I can't remember his name. Tango. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, it's the right. ant. Ant with spikes on his head. Yeah, and that reappeared in Super Mario 3U World. Wait, was that, was that yellow guy, the angry star? <laughs> How do you know it's yellow? The game's in black and white. No, it was the big fat. It was the big fat cowfish thing. For all we know, he could have played on the Game Boy Color. I don't think it's yellow on the Game Boy Color. I think it's probably like blue or something like that. <laughs> okay, we can stand here disputing what color the star is on a Game Boy Color, <laughs> or we can talk about the important subjects, like whose house is that that you start in. It's just. If Mario owns the castle, it's Toad's house. house. Maybe it's Daisy's cottage that she goes to visit. Didn't she give him this land or something like that? But no, it's, it's, it's where Daisy game. and Mario have like their secret meetups. Oh lord! They meet at that little house. The, the story <laughs> of the game is actually while Mario was busy doing the stuff in Mario Land One, Wario came and, and messed up Mario Land. So. It actually is on Mario Land property. Did Mario have his own? When did Mario get his own nation? Though it's separate from the Mushroom Kingdom. You know, there's timeline disputes about that. <laughs> <laughs> we could go into that, but this that's the, another timeline. <laughs> when will we get the? When will we get the Mushroom Historia? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 
So the big thing that separates Mario Land 2 from most Mario games, primarily ones with the world map, is that this is actually a non-linear design because you can select which order you want to take go uh, in. Go, take you can select the order you want to do the worlds. It's like Mega Man. Yeah, it's like Mega Man, except Mega Man's a selection screen and not a cool map. Or Kirby Superstar. Okay, it's not like Kirby Superstar. <laughs> <laughs> now, the big question here is, what way do you think that this non-linearity affects level design? Uh, we'll start with Shouty. I think it um, makes it so that there's like a certain amount of difficulty each of the first levels of the, of each world must be to allow accessibility. So it's not like there's a rising difficulty curve as you would have in other Mario games. So except for the very last level of Mario Land 2. So basically you're saying that every level is just sort of, you know, on its own. It starts at zero and goes to five or whatever. Instead of yeah. just having, you know, this level is zero, this level is one, this level is two. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a good observation. Does anyone have any disagreements with that statement? It does that, but I think also notable is that the worlds themselves are short. The game is spread out, so it's broader rather than deep. So the worlds range from, what, like two levels to... It's either two or three levels. Oh, wait, I guess Macro Zone has like five, yeah. Tree Zone has four, plus a secret level. Yeah. Okay. She's on his five. She's on his five. Because of that, I think not only is the difficulty spread out across the first level each in, I would say that the difficulty, uh, with exception to the boss stages, is almost totally consistent throughout the entire game. I can't really call to mind what stands out as like a, a level I had more trouble on than anything else. I can, but that was just be the final castle. But yeah, you're right. Well, I think the well, that's the boss level. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, last level. Said, the boss levels definitely are more difficult. I think there are some gameplay elements that determine difficulty. Like uh, when you're in space, you can jump a lot farther. So it's a little, they demand a little more of you. There's tricky spike placement in the star level, for instance. And um, the turtle zone gets a little tricky, but just because I don't know, water levels in Mario are always kind of a little hard, and that's true here, too. Well, the thing about that, though, is I think what, what we mean is that it's still in overall in overall difficulty, all the worlds are about the same level. Like, the the first level of each one is still about the same difficulty. Instead, the main differences in the levels isn't so much difficulty, but the actual challenge format and the gimmick of each world is more each world and especially sometimes each individual level within them seems more strongly adhered to a specific gimmick compared to some of the earlier Mario titles. Or I, I don't want to say gimmick, maybe a theme, but like yeah. I said, uh, like Tree Zone has the sap, which uh, affects things differently. You mentioned the whole thing with the space zone and you have underwater. Every world kind of really operates almost on its kind of different type of physics than the uh, than from each other, which I found kind of interesting. I would argue that space and water are inherently more difficult than sap or any of the other gimmicks in any of the other zones. Well, I think it depends also on a player's own ability. For some, for what might be more difficult to one player, may be easier to another player, depending on a player's natural skills or what they what they're more used to. Yeah. Okay. But I think that there is 
nonetheless an argument to be made that one needs to adapt more fully to water or low gravity because whether or not they're more difficult, they're persistent challenges throughout the stage. So every new challenge, uh, like just a regular Goomba, needs to be reevaluated in a space level because now you have low gravity. Every input you make is affected by that parameter, whereas in a level where the gimmick is uh, like moving platforms, a significant amount of the level is not going to be beholden to moving platforms for your inputs. Okay, that makes sense. But like I said, and then you got the whole thing is like even then, because of the non-literary, you can choose to do those more difficult sections kind of earlier rather than later. So, like I said, for me, Turtles, and I think a lot of players, Turtle Zone was the first zone I did just because it's the clo- it's like the first one you really see when you first start up the map. It is pretty appealing. You do want to see what's going on with that turtle guy. <laughs> <laughs> And he eats you. Yeah, so like I said, so that, so that surprised me is that I think nowhere else, that's the first time I've ever had a thing where the water level was literally the first part of the game I played. That was the first zone I beat. I guess Starfy is like that. It's a little joke. Yeah, but Starfy is easier <laughs> underwater and harder on land, so it's ironic. I get it. <laughs> is his invincibility power up a little Mario head? <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh. Star- that's why Starfy doesn't have power ups. <laughs> this is this is some deep Nintendo lore here. Starfy's barely Nintendo. What? Starfy's barely Nintendo. Oh, you don't mean that. Anything that's in Brawl is Nintendo. Yeah. All right. Uh, so. Mario Land 2 was stuck on the original Game Boy. So what are some ways that the Game Boy's limitations affected the design? Uh, Yourself. So it's pretty obvious that the game struggles at times to uh, keep up with what's going on. The most obvious, or at least the first that's coming to mind, being that if there's more than two moving anythings, be they environmental things, power-ups, or enemies on screen at a time. The game slows down, and then if you pick up, like, three or four, by chance, the game slows to a crawl. So it's pretty apparent, once you've made note of that, that a lot of the design is worked around the fact that they can only use one or two things at a time. Like, it's not like the game is slowing down all the time, and the fact that the game isn't slowing down all the time is indicative of the work they put in making sure their scenarios weren't based around multiple things going on at a time. Except for the tree zone bonus level, because that level is all about keeping, like, four Koopas on screen at the same time. It chugs, like, the entire time. I honestly can't remember what that one is. Yeah, I just watched it. The end, yeah, it was pretty laggy. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, you're, yeah, you're right. They they try to keep away from levels where the main premise is that you're swarmed by enemies and stuff. You can't really have bullet hell levels in this game. <laughs> There's right. also... I don't know if this is inherent to Game Boy or what, but I find a lot of platformers have... The physics aren't as nuanced as their console brethren, and you can certainly see that in Super Mario Land and Metroid 2, and Super Mario Land 2 is no different, where um, 
there's less momentum behind the physics, and it feels a little bit more like you're playing Mega Man with low gravity. Mm-hmm. Really, you got that impression? The yeah. jumping is the jumping is more floaty. The jump, I feel, yeah, jumping, yeah, yeah. Jumping, uh, jumping. Well, everything is slower. But yeah, jumping. It it feels it feels like you're. It feels like every level is kind of a moon level, which is why I get probably why the space level, rather than having that kind of jump, the space level lets you completely go all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> Because otherwise, like I said, all the other levels, all the, jumping in all the other levels already feels like what in a console game would probably be the physics on like a space level. Yeah. One of the other aspects of that are is that the game is more zoomed in than well, it's more zoomed in even than Super Mario Land. Well. Um, but definitely than your console Mario is, and that's pretty normal and predictable on Game Boy because they have less, less pixels on the screen to deal with. But I think the slow jump plays into that in that you have more time for consideration of what you're landing on and for just things to come into screen, basically. Uh, whereas really fast action probably would be really annoying. Be more dependent on memorization skills. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, suck. <laughs> Pretty much exactly and, what I felt about the castle. All those Piranha statues shooting at you off screen, just barely. I actually still haven't finished that one. I went in there with like 10 lives. Ugh. Yeah, I think that probably took me like 20 some lives my first time doing it. It is a rather unfair castle. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's unfair, it's challenging. It's discourteous of Wario. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the other thing is, uh, that they had kind of had to affect the game is the lack of color. I like how, compared to the other consoles, they had to change up what the power-ups and a lot of what items looked like. Like, yes, especially one-up exactly. shroom has been changed to a heart, because the one-up shroom is just a mushroom in a, in a different color. And, of course, also, like, Fire Mario is Mario with a with a headband for some reason, which I still don't really get why he has a feather in his head. Yep. What is going on there? You can't, like, well, I mean, you need color to display what Mario looks like. I know that's that's what Eric's saying, but uh, why is it a feather? Yeah, why Why is it? What else would it (laughs) be? uh, A chicken on his head? Maybe even weirder. Well, chickens are associated with, like, Buffalo wings, which are spicy, which is like fire. <laughs> um, and then, of course, also, like I said, in addition to the fire Mario change, like I so said, there's that. And then I think the the bunny ears power up instead of the cape, I think, is more have to do with because of the speed. Is that there's no way the handheld would have been able to factor how fast the cape works, and also how fast you can go vertical. So that's why, and maybe why the the platforming power up in this game, the bunny ears, for the most part, it makes it sticks to horizontal and floating kind of lightly down, as opposed to the cape. It's a lot simpler than the cape was. It is noticeable that the bunny ears pretty much slow gameplay no matter what. Whereas this, I can't think of another power-up where that's consistently the case. Except for rock power and Kirby Superstar, which this kind of reminds me of. That's how, uh-huh. the, how the raccoon tail works in the 3D land world games. 3D land world games? Yeah. yeah. 
I haven't played this, so I'll take well, your word for it. The raccoon tail isn't really slow. Isn't that slow? Then the raccoon tail just lets it lets you slow your your descent a little. But that's that's how it's always been to help. But I'm talking about uh, that's still not the same as like the uh, the the bunny ears where you're flat out just it keeps you for the most part you're stuck on this horizontal plane. You're kind of just slowly going floating horizontally. It's almost more like a prolonged version of Peach's Jump in Super Mario Bros. 2. Ah, I see what you mean. It's like how on a ledge after a uh, raccoon power-up, you'd, you'd have a diagonal line of coins going down. The ledge after the carrot power-up would just be a straight line of them. Yeah. I see. Yeah, actually, you know, that's probably the best comparison is to, to Peach's power in Super Mario Bros. 2 and Super Mario 3D World. It's more like that, but uh, lasting a little longer. One thing I like about the bunny ears, and this is so far off topic, I don't even know why I'm mentioning it, is <laughs> there is one level, what I think is probably the best level in the game, in Tree Zone, the uh, sap level, I guess. Or, I don't know if it's sap or honey, but it's the second level in Tree Zone. I think it's sap. Yeah, and so you get stuck in that, and when you're normal Mario, or super fireball Mario, you sort of control, like, swimming, where you tap the jump button to move up a little bit. But if you have bunny ears, you can hold the jump button and you'll just move straight up. Hmm. Um, so that's like a little different interaction for the power-up in a level-specific context, which is pretty uncommon in Mario games, I feel like. And another instance of that in this game is the blocks that can only be broken with Fireball, which just feels like it's breaking a Cardinal Mario rule by existing. <laughs> Why is that? The, Yamoto would have wanted, wouldn't have wanted That's you. something that should be in a Kirby game, not in a Mario game, needing a power-up to get through something. No way. But it's not, like, necessary. It's just an alternate path, and yeah. Super Mario Bros. 3 had the ice blocks, but yeah, you can melt with the Fireball. Needing a yeah, needing a power up or an alternate path has always been a thing. Has been a thing in some of the other Mario games, like Mario World. You need a power up in order to get to some of the um some of the secret exits. Yeah, but Cape stuff is a little bit different because Cape opens up exploration, so it's not a specific element that you need to interact with using the Cape. Instead, it just opens up the areas in the level that you can reach. So there's nothing to necessarily key you in, like, oh, this uh, ceiling's open, I'm going to need cape here to get through. What about uh, P- what about secret exits that you can only access using stuff like the P-Balloon? There's, I know there's at least one that you need the P-Balloon for, and there's some that you need, a P blo- you need to use a P-Switch for. But aren't those level-specific elements themselves? Like no. Like the P-Switch? In, no, and yeah. some of them. P switch is only there to uh, the P. Well, I mean, you can use it to proceed, but you can only use the P switch. You have to keep you have to keep the P switch to a later point if you want to be able to find the secret exit. But it's still within the level. Yeah. True. Yeah. You're talking about an area where you need a power up, but the power up is not available within the level. I've never seen that. Well, well yeah, that, that, that is true. Actually, the fireball blocks will I mean, always be in the same level as so you can get a fireball. <clears throat> right, but. You can get hit and lose Fire Flower. If you get hit, the P switch doesn't go away. Like, it's inherent... into a gap. I mean, yes, you can lose it. There's, like, an action element to keeping it, but I don't think it's equivalent to a power-up because it doesn't follow Mario's state in the same way. 
Yeah, it doesn't help you. <clears throat> Are there uh, any more comments about the uh, limitations of the Game Boy? In regards to Mario Land 2, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just as an aside, though, Golan, when you mentioned how games from the NES had Game Boy counterparts and are different, I, I got to thinking how the Kid Icarus sequel actually lets you fall down without worrying about a game over. Oh, yeah. I thought, you know, that that is a bit more of a um, nice, something like nice. It's, it's more nicer. Than, yes, yes. It's it's not it's crappy. Crappy. Not crappy. Oh, not crappy. <laughs> lenient. That was the word. It's more lenient about falling compared to the NES one. Yeah. Anyhow, we already talked about how the levels are non-linear, and even though even in that aspect, it, it seems like there might be some difference of difficulty between the uh, the six normal worlds. So, is there any world that you might find inherently easier or harder than any of the others. Let's start with Oak. I said I think we kind of covered this before, but I, I do think of the six, probably the space zone is probably the toughest. But I'm uh, to be fair, I might only be saying that because that's the one I most re- that ended up being the one I played last, and I just played that. But I, I think uh, Golem pointed out there, the mechanic in that one is one you hadn't really seen in any other game beforehand, so you're not as used to it as, say, water. And then you've got stuff where you've got full-on spike mazes and such. I think overall that level, and I think, especially I think it's bosses, the toughest of the six zones bosses in addition as well. I think, I th- also I would say Space Zone is probably meant to be the toughest of the six, just because compared to the others, where you just go into a little cave and there's the zone, Space Zone is more hidden. You have to actually find it by playing the Hippo level first. And even then, the first time you played the Hippo level there's a possibility you could end up going nowhere if you took the bottom exit instead of the top exit. That's true. Space Zone isn't very kind about letting you start it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like I said, I thought I w- when I was playing, I thought I was going up there. I, uh, so I was going like b- across in different paths. So I was like starting with the bottom ones, then the middle ones. But then I got Macro Zone, and Macro Zone was the top coin. Um, the, that I was confused. I'm like, I thought that was supposed to be the middle. I thought I thought uh, Macro would be the left middle, and that clued me in that oh, that Hippo level is probably how I get to Space Zone because I knew there was a Space Zone, but I couldn't find it. Yeah, so, that Spike Maze is killer. Yeah, the Spike Maze, and like I said, that and it being hidden. I, I think there's little subtle things the designers put in there to make it that even though it's not a linear, I think they intended for you to do Space Zone last of the six, and they made it so that it's more likely for that to be the last one you find in play. All right. Anybody else think there's any variance of difficulty between the uh, regular worlds? I feel like tree, tree, to me at least, Tree Zone seemed really easy. And going off what Oak said, that one does also seem like it was set up to be the first level you do. It's just a tree. It seems simple. It's close to the start. Yeah, exactly. It's got that kind of like uh, Green Greens feel to it. Yeah, it's just a tree. Yeah, like a Kirby Superstar. <laughs> <laughs> the boss there is probably the simplest one in the entire game. Just yeah. a bird flies back and forth. <laughs> Although, to me, Turtle Zone was the first one I played, and that was the closest to me. But yeah, it and Tree are the two closest ones. I think I played Space Zone first. (laughs) Tree Zone is also the one where it's the only world where you don't have to unlock a branching path, and so you don't have to clear 
all four default levels. You can just go through the three of them and leave one of the latter two undone. I get it. Branching paths. Oh. Ah, I think you're going out on a limb with that one. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's... All right, let, let's leave the puns alone for now. We're all a bunch of yeah, make like a tree and get out of here. Be silent. <laughs> so I think that uh, plays into why tree zone is easy, because you don't need to go through everything. In terms of other complex ones, other than space zone, I think macro zone seemed macro zone felt like the longest of the levels. I don't know if that's true, but yeah. even if it doesn't have the, either it has the most ages, but it felt like it did. But then there's also it's the longest, and it's the only one where you can activate a shortcut. Oh, I never find a shortcut. Macro zone. I've intentionally been the longest one. It's also the second one that's bug themed. <laughs> is that one? Is that because it was like a game? Because Game Boy's like small. They were like, "How do we make the enemies any smaller?" And so I was like, "Well, if they were ants." Maybe <laughs> says it's Mario. So what's the point? Where's Chibi Robo? <laughs> exactly. See, if Chibi Robo was basically like what Mario Land Two was, it'd be it. It looked nice. Wait. So is Macrozone giant or is Mario tiny in Macrozone? Mario's tiny. Yeah, he's tiny. He's he, tiny he, on the world map, right? You're right. So, yeah. That's what yeah. it looks like. Yeah, he so, shrinks. He goes through the portal. Right. Which so there that, are ants in that level, but the ants in that level are regular size ants. Then, but then what the hell are the ants in the tree level? There's he's still fighting the big, ants. The, the tree is big. Well, they they walk out the portal that Mario goes through. So that they become giant ants. Oh, oh, so oh God! So you've seen that, like, so it's some <laughs> tree spores escape through the portal, and now, and it grew into a very, very big tree. <laughs> you have all these big other things. You have these large birds, large bees. <laughs> oh, oh man! It, it's got some really deep lore hidden in the uh, layers. Of... Land lore. Is that where oh, yeah. super mushrooms come from? <laughs> <laughs> all through this portal. <laughs> what makes things smaller? How did they build a normal size house between them? Staple of uh... <laughs> oh, they, they went in, they went into the coast. I mean, oh, this is where they, where they airlifted it. <laughs> Wasn't there already a world in Super Mario Brothers three where everything was giant? Yeah, has the best world map music. It does beg the question why Mario even wanted that part of the island there. Like, <laughs> Ooh, yes, we'll have fun. a part where you you shrink down and explore a big it's empty like a fun house. house. Well, also, why didn't he just go around the shrink portal and then <laughs> pick, like walk in the house, go upstairs, and pick up the coin he left in his dresser? It wasn't in his dresser. It was in a sewer hey, with a rat. Wouldn't it be tiny if he picks it up that way? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking well, of, I never... Mario was such a fan of horror movies as well that he has a whole portion of his island devoted to both Western and Eastern horror themes. <laughs> I like that, though, how, like, the first spooky level is Western horror movies and then the second one is Eastern horror stuff. 
I don't know if that's intentional, but it is. It's pretty multicultural, yeah. I found that interesting because it, it's even though Mario is a Japanese game, I always forget it's kind of Japanese until then I, as a level like that throws those clearly Japanese spirits at you and it makes you realize, like, whoa. It's like you don't, even though it's a Japanese game, you don't kind of expect to see a lot of Japanese mythology or spiritual stuff in there other than, like, you know, the Tanuki suit. So it was kind of odd. What it is 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 subtle marketing for buying Yokai Watch. It's a very good uh, time to play this game. I know I'm going to. I'm going to what? delete the demo. What is Yokai Yokai Watch? Next time you open your 3DS, you'll find out. No, I won't, because I turned off any kind of notifications whatsoever. Oh. Oh. Go in the eShop and download the demo and play it, and then you'll like it, and then you'll go out and buy it on November 5th. Or you don't have to go out. $39.99 USD. (laughs) Are are we straight up just marketing for Nintendo at this point? (laughs) I hope so. That's That's what WarioFan wanted to host for. (laughs) Oh, no, that's below the belt. This game just looks like fake Pokemon. Is that what it is? Isn't it already a huge craze in Japan? Isn't it pretty much the yeah. new Pokemon there? It, it, it is pretty Basically. big. Over yeah, well, it looks dumb as shit. Wow. I don't know. It looks kind of fun to me. I don't know if I want to play it immediately, but it looks kind of fun. And like I said, I, like, I always like uh, stuff involving uh, Japanese mythology, so that's cool. Yeah, actually, if you don't Super want to Mario play it, then Land. just watch the anime. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario Land 1 also has a Japanese world in it. No, that's Chinese. That's it has Chinese. the Chinese spirits. No, it's Japanese. Oh. No, Remember it's when Samo Hung fought, fought those guys? The jumpy guys? Played... Those are the guys in Super oh. Mario Land 2 as well. Are they? Well, the, 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 the only thing guys? I know about Super yeah. Mario Land 1 since I haven't played yeah, it, the it, has those giant, it has that level with the Easter which is, I don't know what's up with that. That's like Pacific Islands, man. Yeah, that, I think, is the that's, second yeah, uh, world. Maori? No, not Maori. Um, What's the word? Maori? Maori? Maui. Maui. Oh, oh. Yeah. No, not Maui Dua. Getting back on the track, <laughs> what other th- things about Mario Land 2 do you think distinguishes it from other Mario games? Uh, mm. We'll start with uh, Waithlot. I feel like a lot of the levels have really unique enemy designs, like more so than other games have. Like you've got those ghosts, the ants, those oh, weird yeah. big gun things. Goombas. <laughs> it's got you've got piranha plants, Goombas, Koopas. And I think some booze are in whatever the spooky zone was called. I don't remember. <laughs> pumpkin zone. Pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin land. You know, they're not... Yeah, but... Something I noticed watching Adrian was that they're not afraid to do sprite swaps for... Sprite swaps <laughs> for Goombas. That's what I was going to say about... It's interesting that there are all these different looking enemies, but they're all pretty much either Goombas or paratroopers. But that means you get, you know... A Jason without a torso. <laughs> yeah, it's and a legs. game that 
feels more dedicated to its art design than its enemy design. So what you're saying is that Mario Land is more diverse than the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> well, yeah, Mario made it. <laughs> My favorite thing that distinguishes Mario Land 2 from another Mario game is the fact that whenever you pick up a power-up, the game doesn't freeze and, oh, and let yeah. Mario grow. It You just immediately grow and keep going yeah, the way. They did that in Mario Land, and it really weirded me out there, but for some reason in Super Mario Land 2, I didn't notice it as much. I mean, I noticed it was still there, but it didn't feel as weird. I think you also have invincibility while you're going through the animation of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, How about the uh, gambling cave? Oh, yeah, coins don't give you lives. Oh, yeah, and you have an enemy kill counter that counts up to 100 and gets yeah. 100 to get a star. Yeah, the kill count was the first thing I noticed as soon as I started playing. I'm like, what kind of Mario game has a kill count? It's Metroid 2. Good one. <laughs> yeah, Mario except it goes up instead of down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mario's me. on the job, it's not that important, but when he's relaxing, it's uh, likes to keep score. <laughs> <laughs> When you kill 100 enemies, you get a star, and then if you kill 5 enemies with that star, you get an extra life. And uh, all of the coins you earn don't go towards extra lives. They instead go into that gambling cave, where you hopefully earn extra lives. So what triggers the little minigame at the end of some levels, though? I never got that. I know oh, some. Well, get... that is because you hit the bell at the top. Oh, okay. It's sort of like if you, you know... Getting the tape, getting the numbers from the tape in Mario World to add up to 100. Okay. All right. That makes sense. One distinction that reminded me of was that if you lose all of your lives, uh, you cough up all of your boss coins and have to replay those levels. Ooh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't uh, along this, well, not along this same lines necessarily, but boss levels also can't be replayed. Right. There's no L and R button to go back in. That's a good, good reference. <laughs> can you select either? Wait, wait. You can use select to uh, exit levels. Yeah, exit, but you can't replay boss levels. Oh. Well, you already got the coin. <laughs> but what if I want to fight the boss again? What if that's not new either? I'm super in Super Mario World. You can't replay the fortresses and castles, right? You, if you press L and R at the same time. Oh, oh you, now I get it. I thought you could. I thought even then, I thought you couldn't replay uh, castles in uh, Super Mario World. Hmm. There's also the case where you're like eight years old and you think you missed a secret exit in a boss level. That's and then there's no way to go back in and check. <laughs> well, luckily none of us are eight years old. <laughs> as far as we know. Speak for yourself. Whoa. <laughs> Ah, alright. Well, is there anything else about Mario Land 2 that's very distinguishing? It has Wario. Thank you. Those bunny ears are very fashionable. Air quotes. Uh, is that the first one that saves after every level? Yeah. Hey. Although you can cheat that in, like, Super Mario World, but right. still. How and do you cheat that in Super Mario World? Where you can save whenever you want. Shadi, you just go to a ghost house. But I gotta beat it. Yeah, still. But I gotta beat it. It's still at will saving. But I gotta beat it. The first ghost house is like the easiest level in the game. 
easier than Yoshi's house? <laughs> Twice as easy. I've died so many times on Yoshi's house. Yoshi's house confused me. Yeah, a I lot ran out of kid. time. I couldn't <laughs> run a way out. I don't know. The top secret area is pretty tough too. <laughs> this um, isn't unique to Mario Land Two, but like Super Mario World, every level, or I'm sorry, every zone is very concerned with having its own identity where its use of star exits and multiple paths through the world map uh, is very thoughtful and tries to give each level a distinct identity even so far as making Mario's zone distinct by having no optional paths or secrets. I didn't think that's what made Mario's zone distinct. I mean, I thought it was, you know, the machine type of the... Uh... Yeah, specifically the factory level. I, I just meant the... Uh, structure of the world map. Oh, okay. Because, you know, I was thinking when you said about how the world's having their own identity, I mean, that was like the big thing about Mario 3. Wait, so what's unique about the map of Turtle Land? Alright, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It goes down. Yeah, that's true. It goes down. The other ones all go up. (laughs) 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 Plus, there's that part where there's a level in, or where you have to go through the whale. You know, you'd never expect that. Yeah, the whale was cool. I like how um, in Space Zone, if you get the secret exit, it uh, crashes into the moon in the background and makes oh, it not happy anymore. The poor moon. <laughs> but he's happy on the world map. Yeah. I guess... Mm. Maybe he got better. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've left. All right. Are there any design trends in Mario Land 2 that are very noticeable? Uh, let's start with Golem. I feel like multiple paths are more frequent in this one, and more frequently, like yourself noted, uh, they can be blocked off by certain power-ups. Even as early as Tree Zone 1, you have paths that you can only access if you're small Mario. Um, um, hold on, uh, what did you mean by more frequent? Mario games... So we'll sometimes have multiple paths where you can choose to go above the brick blocks or below the brick blocks. Right. But in Mario Land 2, you will often have dedicated challenges based on whether you take the top path or the bottom path. It's more. It, it reminds me of Sonic in that you rarely see two paths on screen at the same time. Uh, how, how is that different from Mario World? So with Mario World, you would often see like a jump-through platform you could go on top of, but you can choose to run under it. And they're both on screen at the same time, and there might be an enemy on top of it that runs off of it and then interacts with the bottom path that way. Okay. Whereas in Mario Land 2, things are pretty solidly blocked off from one another. Yeah, I feel like Super Mario World tends to have a denser structure to it, such that there's not as clear a sense of distinct paths so much as distinct routes or um, like route options versus... Moment-to-moment options. Right. Whereas uh, Super Mario Land 2, yeah, what Colm was saying, it feels more like Sonic where when you're on the top path, you're on the top path. I I like that the stages are they're relatively compact so much so that a lot of times you can just uh, jump over tons of stuff. Why? I mean, I don't know if I like that, but it is... Like the uh, Kirby method? Oh, yeah. It, it is a bit interesting to play because I think that you need to be more aggressive about wanting to experiment with things to get the most out of this. 
whereas um, other games in the series are, provide a, a more immediate challenge so that you... Uh, Have to. Y- yeah, you can't... Like, if you're doing something like jumping over the entire level, then that has to be by getting some really precise jumps or something like that. Whereas Super Mario Land 2 is like, yeah, you can just do whatever you want. Have fun, guy. It's much simpler. I feel, And like I said, overall, I feel the game feels a lot easier than uh, console Mario games. Maybe maybe that's because of the limitations, in addition to the what you guys have already talked about. Yeah, they also designed for it, though, where, uh, you know, the whole world map choose-your-own-beginning thing plays into that well. Mm-hmm. Well, it also might just be because it's a handheld, and maybe this is at the time where they decided, maybe for some reason they think handheld games should be easier than console games, because it's meant for more of a temporary bite-sized play a few minutes at a time, as yeah. opposed to a console where you're, where in a, in a lot of times, especially before save points, in older console games at least, you're expected to be able to play the whole game in one shot, or a good chunk of it in one shot. With handheld, it's more like you're, play, you're playing maybe a level at a time or so. Yeah, I think... In a number of ways, both uh, for that reason of the difficulty and just uh, the resolution of the stages, Mario Land 1 feels like it tries too hard to be Mario Brothers, or Super Mario Brothers, and Mario Land 2 is kind of a correction where they say, oh, we're on a Game Boy, that's right. We don't need to have a screen that's like 16 Marios tall. Or do we? No, we don't. Well, it depends. Is your preference for Super Mario Land 1? No, it's not. Super I don't Land think... Too hard. Does anyone like Super Mario well, Land more than Super Mario Land 2? It's not super hard. It's ridiculously easy. It's harder. I thought in general people don't like Super Mario Land 1. No, I no, it does. It's considered Golden does. an I abomination. I think it's fine. I haven't played it, I but it's fine too. It's like it's kind of like the black sheep or the you know the oddball out of the Mario family. Sure. It is like sometimes its genetics are called into question. Yes. <laughs> Saudi, are there any design trends you've noticed? I think Super Mario Land Two is more of a mix of different design trends or anything else. Oh yeah. Like it's very. It has so much variety in it that. It kind of defies expectations sometimes. Hmm. You mean like how there's like, you know, your standard Mario affair and then you get like space gravity and stuff like that? Yeah. And like the swimming game? with the sap and the whale guts. Man, that's never been in a Mario game before. That's true. We should uh, bring back sap. And whale guts. The sap thing is a good gimmick that I think New Super Mario Bros. Wii is the one that has floating or is the floating first water one in that bubbles. series that has floating water. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Kirby Return to Dreamland has that as well. It's a cool gimmick. You like floating water? Yeah, floating water is great. I really like that. They have it in space. <laughs> yeah, go to space and those types of floating water. <laughs> There's a level in Donkey Kong Jungle Lead that also does that. Wait, what? <laughs> Adrian. Oh my god. <laughs> Surprise guest. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing you as talking Oh yeah. Um uh I guess uh I think point earlier something about sixteen Mario's tall with 
Mario Land 1. Yeah, um, the camera for Mario Land 2 is kind of cramped because it's really easy to jump, and then the camera scrolls up to where you can't even see the original platform that you were jumping from. And I noticed this um, in the final level of the game, uh, Mario's Castle, or Mario's Castle. That's right. Well, temporarily. Yeah, it's temporary, but um, <laughs> uh, it just shows you how easy it is for it to just, that that's just an example of just how small it is. Yeah, some of the jumps in Mario's Castle can be annoying to make because you have to inch the camera towards where the object spawns and make it e- the jumping rhythm easier. Yeah, there's one particular jump that I know get is where you jump over a gap, but then one of those big spike balls that's in the air next to a giant piranha that isn't actually active, that um, going even at normal speed, it will hit you while in midair because that's just the way it's timed. So you have to like get it on the screen first and then time your jump across. But if you're just running through, you're sure to get nailed by that thing. Yeah. Why are there broken piranha plant fireball cannons? So you don't know which ones fire until you see them. But I do. Well, you've memorized it. But I haven't. You can oh. tell when they have when they have like a fireball charging up in their mouth. Well, yeah. Well, they do that. That's how you know that I, they fire, but you don't. It, it made me think that the game was going to have a hard mode where all of the fire, the, all the piranha plants that should shoot fireballs. It has an easy mode. Yeah, it has yeah. an easy mode. <laughs> That's weird. But. What changes in easy mode, actually? Enemies are taken out, and even fewer piranha plant statues fire. Yeah, see, that oh. makes no sense. Actually, Where's that's the hard a... Mode all the fire? That's a distinction we didn't mention. This is the only one that has an easy mode, right? Oh. Well, um, doesn't I mean, the original Super Mario Brothers have a hard mode where all the Goombas are replaced uh... with fuzzy beetles? Yeah. Okay, well, that's like quest. well, that's hard mode. We didn't say Mario's having an easy mode, so yeah, it is different. What about what about in later Mario games where they had the super guard? It's not an easy mode. It's, it's just not a different design. One is a we're going to show you how to play this level while not sucking at it, and the other is a basically a power up. Didn't Super Mario Land One have a hard mode after you beat it? Yeah, that's what we just said with the Buzzy Beetles. No, no Super that... Mario Brothers one is what we said. Super yeah, Mario what Land. was the loop of... I'm, oh, I've definitely cleared the second loop of Mario Land, but I can't remember what it is. I, I can't remember. Maybe it's that. Maybe I'm thinking of Dream Land one. No, no, it definitely happens. Because uh, you got to beat it twice. Here, did everyone in here play Mario Land 1 except me? I no. haven't played it. I haven't really played, played it. it. All it does Mario Land 1 is it has Easter Island statues and those Chinese lion dog things. Okay. No, those are those are like pharaoh dogs. Oh, something like the guardian dog. Uh, I don't know what they are. But also, I they're, think... They're not Chinese lion dogs. They're, they're lions with pharaoh. Uh, you know, uh, there's like an Egypt level and the, the also the Easter Island level. And the, I know that the alien, the alien boss from Space Zone is the final boss of Super Mario Land 1. And he has some power-up called Super Balls, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they couldn't make bouncing fireballs yet, so they had to make Super Balls. Mm. Yeah, that's all I know about Super Mario Land 1. Uh, I guess for the question of design trends, man, it really fucking sucks having missed out on almost every other tr- question. But um, do you know if there's anything you notice where like 
what makes the turtle zone, you know, turtle zone, like, is there a recurring theme that it develops? Because the worlds are nonlinear, but the levels themselves, you still mostly do them in a straight order. I think the only branches where you have an option is actually the third and fourth levels of the tree zone. Well, that's the water level, right? I mean, what do you mean? Yeah, but the whale level doesn't have water in it. Oh. Yeah, as you go on in the turtle zone, the levels become less and less watery. But the whale Until level the still has the, the, like, resin stuff or whatever. Yeah, whale guts. But that's, like, that's like the least watery yeah, it's gimmick. still related to water, though, and still provides it, like, a consistent gameplay element through the world. Yeah, but it's, it's still becoming progressively less watery. Yeah. That the first level, which is on, like, a beach. The second yeah, level think... is in a second band of submarine, but there's water, but there's also still land. Yeah, I think Turtle Zone and Space Zone are probably the easiest to nail, like, what type of design theme they wanted to go for. Well, like, these are where all the swimming I, levels are, and these are where the low-gravity levels are. I don't know if Space Zone can really develop a theme because it's... Wait, hang on. With the with the hippo, when it puts you in a bubble, that's kind of like low-gravity. Yeah, it is. Low gra- I kind of, yeah. That, that's that's NASA's new training program. That stage yeah. pretty much is the first stage of Space Zone. Oh, shit. It may as well be the first level in space zone. Controls the same way as the uh, star maze, right? Yeah, it's a practice. It pretty much is. You have to play it to play space zone. Did did Mario put a hippo in charge of the space zone or something? I, you know, I got to question his design decisions when he built Mario Land. (laughs) He didn't build a space shuttle. What, What was that? Space shuttles are too expensive, so Mario built a hippo statue that has the Runny nose. <laughs> yeah, that takes you to space zone. <laughs> Whatever. They they called him insane, but who's on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> so is space zone still considered part of Moreland, or is it in the outskirts since it's you know in space and you have to get to it from the hippo? It's considered a territory. Oh, quick! What did I miss? Please sovereign recap. territory. Recap real, real quick. What did I miss? Okay, we'll take it from the top, everybody. All right, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was around Space Zone that I kind of jumped out. Oh, we're oh. talking about the Space Zone is actually part of Mario's uh, domain, since you have to go to it from the hippo, or whether it's still, or whether it's like a territory or a separate nation. It's a sovereign territory. Yeah. Legally speaking, on the moon. So Mario owns the moon. <laughs> Mario the owns the moon. Well, he owns a moon. You know, he killed the sun, so he may have, like, stolen ownership there. <laughs> well, as we said earlier, we're not going to know truly the whole idea of the politics of the Marioverse until we get the Mushroom Historia. Wait, wait a minute. Why was why does Mario collect moons for one-ups, then? What is well, that? Yeah, really. Because there are three dead toads inside of it. Oh, my oh. God. What the heck? Why would there be three dead yeah, three toads. lives. Three, three one-up yeah. mushrooms. Well, one-ups are just dead toad heads. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. He's right. <laughs> they take the brain out of them and use them to, to replace Mario's dead brain. Huh. Is that why they're green? Because they <laughs> his dead brain? Stein. <laughs> <laughs> Stein. <laughs>
this has been a very thorough discussion on Mario Land 2. I think we covered a bevy of topics. That's the word I would use. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm good at words. I think plethora works as well. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think cornucopia with... also works. <laughs> <laughs> seasonal, <laughs> too. <laughs> a seasonal questions. <laughs> Uh, to finish this off, how about we take a, a, a running poll here. Which do you think, even if you've never played both, which do you think was the weirder game, Mario Land 1 or 2? Let's uh, start with Adrian. Are you here, Adrian? Freak, I'm using myself. I was going to go with Mario Land 2. Oh. Also, I think there was one point I forgot, and that was, did Greg mention anything about Parallel Paths? He kind of brought that up when I was playing. Yep, yep, yep. He did. I also okay. have a post on the forums about it. Oh, good. Where I complained about New Super Mario <laughs> Brothers. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Why? To be honest, I think New Super Mario is actually better than this game. It's less distinct. It's less distinct, but I still think it's better and more... Oh, I think it's overall more fun, but that also might be because it's more appealing. It's designed to be more appealing to current uh, players and current generations as opposed to this game, which is more, like I said, still more in the previous generation's style of video gaming. Sure. I don't mean to make a comment about its quality, just uh, its identity. Yeah. Uh, sure, sure, sure. All right. Saudi, Mario Land 1 or Mario Land 2? Which is weirder? It's hard to say because... Mario Land 1's identity is basically handheld Super Mario Brothers 1, but there are no real Goombas or Koopas in Mario Land 1. That's true. So, I guess I'll have to say Mario Land 1. Alright. Yourself? The word weird is uh, a microaggression, and I'm not going to partake in the (laughs) Microaggression against what? You guys have built here. Uh, Against... Uh, against any uh, group that falls outside the majority view of the portrayed by the media. <laughs> so all those red toads? <laughs> red toads? Wait, no, red toads are the majority. I mean all those uh, green toads. I yeah, the green, green toads are what we used to make into one-up mushrooms. Well, I don't think that... I don't Getting know. Your the head cut toads off toads is a microaggression. <laughs> I mean, the pink toads are more minority. We've only seen like one pink toad, Toadette. Huh. We've seen two. When who's the other one? Uh, Toadette. Mario, two. Mario and Luigi: Partners in Time. Oh yeah, I still haven't oh, played. I, I, I haven't played the Mario and Luigi games in a while. I've only played the first two. I still need to get on that before Dream before Paper Jam comes out. Yeah, before Paper Wait, Jam well, comes out. Uh, Mario before, Land before it comes out in March for us. Wait, what? Uh, Mario Land 1 or 2? Uh, I'd say 2. Alright. So Mario oh. Galaxy is the weirdest Mario 3D platform. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Mario Galaxy, the odd one out. <laughs> well, Ever since, until you know, 2 came should... along and made it look normal. <laughs> they should go back to Mario's space. roots and put him back on vacation. <laughs> Uh, Oak, based on what you've seen of Mario Land 1, which is weirder, 1 or 2? Uh, I'd have to say 1 is still weirder just from what I've seen and know. It seems it's more completely off-beat, whereas uh, Super Mario Land 2 at least has some grounding and seems more similar to Super Mario World in terms of aesthetics, at least. Even if it has more variety, it still feels more 
in line with the rest of the Mario series. But yeah, one seems like the most offbeat and weird. All right. And Golem, what's your take? Well, Mario Land 2 does break a number of significant rules, such as the world selection and the use of coins. And there are some mechanical oddities about it, like it's the only game with a space zone. I would say Mario Land 1 has more of those mechanical oddities and just uh, stuff about enemy behavior. So I would say Mario Land 1 is weirder on a low level, and Mario Land 2 is weirder on a high level. All right. That's my cop-out answer of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I kind of think Mario Land 1's a bit weirder with the uh, bombshell Koopas. You look at the grand scheme of things, you don't see Tatanga anymore, but you see Wario. Oh, yeah. Mario's... Mario survived the oddities that the Mario series underwent on the Game Boy, so... Well, I mean, they both... One... Well, they didn't both... Daisy also come from Mario Land 1? Ah. Yeah, but who cares about Daisy? They both... Like, how dare you? She's way better than Princess Peach. Well, I mean, they but both... No one cares about her. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, they both appeared in the next game, and it's kind of a difference. The Tatanga appears in the next game as a lower bo- as a lower level. He appears in the boss of a level, whereas Wario appears in the next game in the series by as the protagonist, completely taking over the series. Oh. Yeah, they should have just stuck with Wario as the main character. No more, no more Mario. He's dead. Yeah, there we go. All right. I think I think that's the the thing we can all agree on. I think every couple games they should have killed off the protagonist and switched it up. <laughs> <laughs> Tatagonist. Why is he going to get his turn? When's War? Indeed. No one cares about War. What was the dream? I, I did dream up a, a, a game once. It was called. Oh, what was it called? Wario and Waluigi uh, Super. Partners in Crime? No. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Ah, I can't remember what the word I used was. It was... Super Scallywags? Super Rivals? No. Uh, super Tennis. It's, yeah, Super Tennis. Mario, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it was like, you know, you, oh, God, it had the, the professor from uh, for Frog yeah. and Bell Cells. Oh, jeez. It was... We didn't Wait, call it Super Professor from, the, from Frogs of Bell Tolls? What? Yeah, well, because he's in the... <laughs> Wario Land 4, so he's, like, now Wario canon. Wait, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> that guy is from, from Frogs of Bell Tolls? It, it, he is. It's it's one of the greatest Nintendo lores. <laughs> yeah. If we're ranking Nintendo <laughs> lores, that's one of the best <laughs> ones. <laughs> I like to catch fish. It's, it's almost as good as Sponge. <laughs> Honestly, I think if you had to use a Nintendo character to catch fish, you probably would use a frog. So, so Dr. Arenostein? He's yeah. from... Okay, I guess he's from... For Frogs of Beltones. The Frog of Beltones. And that's a Why? Why? Why is he in Wario Land 4? I, I can't... I don't have all the answers. <laughs> I just know he's there. I always thought his head was actually a hat. <laughs> it's not too many people you can say that about. Um, there's the lady boss in Super Mario RPG. That's about it. That is a hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, oh, right. I guess I was reverse. Yeah. 
Did you want a proper sign off here, or are we just sort of? Yeah, I guess we should sign off. Well, I gotta go, so I'm. Any final words now? Yeah, bye. Oh, Oh, that's. Like you were having um, it sucks that I wasn't around longer, but um, I'm sure I'll get my shot with Daniel and Richard to talk more about Super Mario Land 2. Yeah, we gotta have him on. Oh yeah. Maybe he'll write a book now. Oh. <laughs> I think that we filled our Mario quota for the commune. No, we could always play another. We could always play some more Mario. I could always play some no, but, but we, I'm Mario Maker commune. If we filled our quota... I'm glad we did it with this game because it's my favorite Mario game. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Oh, it's not mine. I mean, <laughs> Sorry. I, I just beat it real quickly last night just for the podcast. All music on this podcast was from Super Mario Land 2 for the Game Boy. If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com. All the little distinctions in this game, well, they always just make me sad about New Super Mario Brothers. Because <laughs> it was like, you know, at this point in time, every Mario game was still allowed to have its own identity. And then New it Super wasn't Mario anymore. Super Mario Brothers was supposed to be Super Mario Land 3, not Wario Land. What? Um, New Super Mario Brothers? was supposed to be... It's supposed to be a Super, a Super Mario Land game. They started developing New Super Mario Brothers in like 1999 or something? Well, I mean, when the DS came out. Oh, like, okay. They're thinking of making a Mario Land game instead of uh, a New Super Mario Brothers. Like they, well, I guess they wanted to continue off its, of its own identity rather than just cramming Mario Bros. motifs in it. I guess the they flag. made the wrong decision. Wow. So, well, yeah, and, then, and especially then, I remember people. Some people were upset when Super Mario 3D Land came out because they expected that to be more like the Mario Land series. Well, yeah, that's that just, just... Oh, that's just their own fault because Reggie came out and said we're naming this Super Mario 3D Land because of a reference, not because it's a sequel. Then IGN makes an article that says Super Mario 3D Land is an imposter. <laughs> yeah, wait. It's- or based off of Super Mario Brothers 3. I, I thought it more felt more of like an homage to Super Mario Brothers 3 in a lot of ways. It, it, it was. Yeah, in the same way that new Super Mario Brothers U was a giant homage to Super Mario World, which I, I personally I loved both of those for for that. Yeah. Wait. So what does it mean that it was named that because of a reference, not because it's a because because it's handheld. Because yeah, okay. handheld. Handheld Mario. If a game is handheld, you call it land, like Kirby's Dream Land and Donkey yep, Kong Land. That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> that was the first time it was created. Gradius Land. There you go. Metroid Land. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, with Mega Man, with, that's why with Mega Man is just, you have Mega Man V instead of Mega Man 5, other than Mega, that. Mega Land. Wait a minute. Wait I a thought minute. he was Rockman World, right? That's right. It, it is World. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. But... World in the one with me. So Mega Man, Mega Man wants to go a different path from Mario. Back to Mario Land 2. Uh, 